that down. Welcome everybody to our 68th episode of Sports Goofs, the Yarmir Yager episode. This is Francisco, joined by my good buddies Andrew and Charles from afar. How are y'all doing tonight? Doing good. Even same as like, same as like basically every other day right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think I've done some sacrilege here, Charles and Andrew. I have Chris Benoit on the screen. So <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Copyright. So this is a good uh, indicator of how, uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, anyways, this is our last episode before we take a about a month-long break. I think we all need it. There's, we'll let the sports news, as it's it's finally starting to ramp up just a tiny bit but not enough for anything to really get situated here uh, the last week or so has uh, been filled with all sorts of issues ranging from stuff that really matters to stuff that doesn't really entirely matter and everything in between but no games in North American sports at the very least for the most part but the plans are set for most Leagues, except for one, which we will get to. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andrew, what was your feelings about Rob Manfred? Let's start with that. Uh... <laughs> Collect your hatred. I mean... Yeah. I, I saw this tweet mm. that listed all the commissioners of sports. Number one was Adam Silver. I, th- I think that's pretty... I think that's pretty universally accepted right now. He's doing the best job of the four major sports. Indeed. Um, that was like Goodell was like four, like sixth or whatever. I think they did the the, the, the top six sports. And it was like dot, 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 listed all these blanks. And then coming in 96 was Rob Manfred. And I think they were being generous. Rob Manfred is tanking the game of baseball right now. To be fair, he does serve at the pleasure of the 30 owners. But he does have some pull. You know, it's he's not just their lackey. And if he was a good commissioner, instead of just doing what they tell him, he'd say, look, We've got the CBA coming next year. Now is not the time to do a dick measuring contest and basically do a pre-CBA. Let's just get us back on the field. You know, someone mentioned on Twitter, which is a great idea, to do kind of like a mix between a a prorated salary for this season. It it seems like they're going around like 75% is what they're trying to shoot for, 75% prorated salary. Uh, hold on, Andrew. Just uh, give a shout out to Freddie. How you doing, Fred? man? Hey, Freddie. Welcome to the stream. This is the anti-Rob Manfred section of the show. Mm. Um. So yeah, this this guy, not just a guy. He's a he's a sports writer, and he said, you know, great. You want to you'd want to do a twenty five percent prorated sal uh seventy five percent prorated salary. Cool. 
just give the players their next twenty, their other twenty-five percent spread out over X amount of years. So you could do, let's say, five years. You give them five percent of their twenty twenty salary on top of their their actual annual salary for the next five years. Just spread it out. That won't be so hard to swallow. Hell, give them one percent over ten years. Who the, who the hell cares? Just you see, the players want all the money. I get it. Right. That makes total sense. I know they're, in a lot of cases, millionaires. I think the average salary is well over a million dollars right now. But, and I get most people are not going to make even a million dollars in their lifetime. But when you compare them to the billionaires that own these teams, I mean, that's just a drop in the bucket. And these guys, they take on a certain risk when they decide to buy a team. And they're finding excuses in this this unprecedented situation to basically pull a Jeffrey Loria and say, you know, oh. cry poor. Oh, that one hurts for me. <laughs> Sorry. That's, 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 that's the only one I could think of off the top of my head because mm. he's probably the worst owner I ever, I've ever heard of in baseball. Uh, this dude cried poor to get a $500 million stadium paid for by the city of Miami and the county of Miami-Dade, and then he cries poor to all these vendors when they're saying, you know, dude, where's our money? And then he turns a massive profit when he sells the team. These owners right now are doing the exact same shit. Yeah. They're not selling their teams, obviously, but they're crying poor even though their revenues have been going up every year, they just got a fucking billion-dollar TV deal from Turner Sports mm -hmm. for one round of playoffs. I mean, what the hell? You guys have all the money in the world. I get it. Spending... 100% salary for a truncated season, I get that. That's going to be tough to swallow. But do the the half and the this 25% prorated and then spread out the rest over the next five years. Do something to get the season going. This is just like 1994 again. And right now, baseball is probably the least popular of the of the top four sports. Just in general, before all this happened. Public perception now, yeah. No, I, I'm talking even before all this. Oh, okay. You know, hockey is on its way up. Football is at an all-time high. Basketball is at an all-time high. And you soccer's know, and making inroads in, in different markets. Exactly, and that's freaking soccer in the United States. People don't I mean, generally... Look at Orlando, look at Atlanta... People usually don't give a crap except if it's the World Cup. So, you've got to read the room here. Baseball is not the NFL right now, the way that it used to be back in the, even the, let's say the 1950s, where it was the sport. It was truly America's pastime. It still is, in my opinion. It's the American game but it is not nearly as popular with the general population than it used to be. Mm -hmm. I read somewhere that the average 
age of a baseball fan has gone up five years from 50 to 55 or something like that in the past, I think, decade? You're approaching retirement age for your average fan. That... (laughs) That's not good. Uh, uh, Freddie, just I don't know if you're seeing his comments there on the side. No, I, I forgot to pull up Twitch. Sounds like someone watched Long Gone Summer. I did not, actually. Yeah, uh, I, I didn't either. I, was, uh, I, I should watch it. I have it, you know, bookmarked for in my own brain. Uh, because, uh, I mean, to, to you guys, Sammy Sosa is the reason I like baseball. Like he is the very he is the very reason the Cubs were uh, they were on WGN uh, they they used to play more day games at home and so I would get home from school and I mean I wasn't well I did watch the Steve Harvey show but <laughs> which was syndicated like on TBS or something but like I would uh, I would watch the Chicago Cubs coming home for I was like in fourth or fifth grade. Just coming home from school, and I'm hearing about Sammy Sosa and all this stuff. Like it was hard. You couldn't avoid it. You couldn't avoid the home run chase in '98. It was it was national news. It was international news. So, so and and you know Sammy Sosa. You know, and I was I was starting to realize me being okay Latino and that type of stuff. And so just watching him doing what he does and and doing what he did. And I thought he was cool. He looked like a, he was a really nice guy. He was so personable. I mean, there was no reason to hate him or Mark McGuire. I mean, those were the two perfect guys to do this. Exactly. And they brought the sport back for a lot of people. And people now, uh, people our age, what, what are we, Gen Z? Is that what they call us? No, we're millennials. Millennials. <clears throat> okay. Gen Z. I, I keep getting them mixed up. I keep Gen Z is who is in college right now. Oh, okay, and, so that's and after us. Right. Okay, so we're well, talking like, you know, very late 90s, early 2000s okay, when they were right. born. So, so I'm, okay, so millennials like, like us. I would, okay, so uh, that was, those were our guys. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, and I never, I never got, I never understood the magnitude of the '94 strike until I started getting older and figuring out what happened. And then when the Expos moved, then you learn about that. And so, um, it's it's crazy how much the '94 strike is affecting what is happening today, because the players held firm as long as possible in that '94 strike. And because of that, they're holding firm right now. And well, not it's just kind of a that. double-edged sword, in a sense, because there are people who aren't siding with the players, which I don't get either. Like, I, I posted it on Twitter, like, like people who think, oh, we pay the players' salaries. No, you don't. You don't pay the players' salaries. We pay the owners. We pay the owners the stuff. We pay Major League Baseball stuff. It's like... Unless you own a major league franchise, you're not paying the players. I made the analogy. Like when you go to the Buffalo Wild Wings, you're not paying the server. You're paying <laughs> Buffalo Wild Wings. Unless you own a Buffalo Wild Wings franchise or a major league baseball franchise, you ain't paying for that person's salary or, or wage. You're just paying the fucking food, the service, the, the corporation. That's what, who you're paying. 
So, and that corporation is taking the loss. And they took a risk. Everybody takes a risk when you go into business. Exactly. I mean... I mean... Personally at work, taking risk. We're still moving on. We're still going. It's just it's just the thing that's happening right now. But some people... It's it's hard when you're saying you're sitting there and you're like, man, they get paid, man, for one one game, playing one game, they get paid more than I do in an entire month. Okay, that's true, that's true. Welcome to capitalism. Welcome to your to the market. Well, that we just we saw them as more valuable, okay, than you are. Welcome to that. Too bad, so sad. But if you were in their position, you'd be you'd be acting the same way. You're, a lot of people think that, oh, if I was them, I would be grateful. But you're not them. You've never been in that situation. You think you have been, all right? Not everybody can sit, you know, just sit at home, play Fogs, okay? It's on the TV there, <laughs> you know? You could bark, you could bite and bounce your way through a puzzle-filled adventure. It looks fantastic. There are puppies on the screen. Is okay? it Fogs or Pogs? Is the H silent? These are things no that keep me up but at either night. Either way, I've never heard of this game. The demo is on Steam right now. I might. It, there are dogs and puppies, and I think we could all use some puppies right now. I think we should get Rob Manfred in a room full of puppies with uh, Tony Clark, and they can hash it out in a room full of puppies. I think that'll work out. I mean, valid question to ask in regards to this. Do you think that Rob Manfred is a cat guy or a dog guy? Because he's being kind of petty like a cat. Love me. Don't want your love now. <laughs> me with your eyes damn rob manfred i don't know what would be man what would people's perception be with rob manfred because it was kind of like when we saw bill belichick with a dog and it's like oh my god he has a soul <laughs> he does have it's feelings. a cute dog too oh yeah it's a very no. cute dog. he was he knew exactly what he was doing he's like ha, ha, ha. everybody's gonna be like it blew people's mind like this guy has a life and he loves his dog and he's just like us uh I, I got off the rails there, but that was my, my criticism of fans who were thinking about siding with the ownership. And I get the inter- I get the sentiment, but it's not on the players. The players want to play. They wanted to play more games. It's not like they didn't want to play. And now they're on the whole what, when and where campaign. Every single player that I've seen, they've all been tweeting out when and where. When and where does Major League Baseball want us to play? And Jeff Passan, who is one of the lead baseball writers for ESPN, who's been absolutely amazing during all this. Um, And just as a side note, basically all of ESPN's baseball personalities, Carl Ravitch, um, Buster Olney, uh, Passan, like I mentioned, there are all basically done with this shit. Um, like, Ravitch called out Manfred the other day, and basically, I forget what he said, it was great, it was basically, you know, what you doing? Not not like that, but he didn't say that exactly, obviously, but that was kind of what he was getting at. And... Like... Like I said, fight over the CBA next year. Uh, and someone else brought up a good point. 
that a, a big reason why the players are standing so firm right now is because their current union head has screwed them. Because in the past few years, their, their salary increases have been going in the tank compared to prior years. It's been like the last five years where their percentage raise from the year prior has been going down and down and down. It's still it's still a positive raise, but we're looking at one percent, one and a half, two percent instead of five and six percent that it used to be. Hmm. So the union is doing the worst thing possible, which is giving up ground. And what's that saying? If you give an inch, they take a mile. That's yeah. exactly what the owners do. Is oh, well, if you don't want that, then we're just going to keep going and going and going. And then, of course, they have the power to just lock you out. And they've been going, the union has been going about that wrong and just giving more and more and more. So now in this position where the owners want to take a huge jump ahead of a very important CBA next year, they want to take all the ground and say, you guys aren't even worth 100% of what you're owed. It's like, fuck that. Give them their goddamn money. Uh, it's like, it's, it's stupid. And I think the owners are so tone deaf that they expect that the public sentiment is going to be, oh, well, these, over, these stuck-up entitled millionaires, blah, 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 blah. Right. No. The public sentiment is against them right now, and everything they do is making them look worse. In fact, they went a step further, supposedly. I read on Twitter that apparently the owners are expecting the players to sign, uh, basically waive their right to agreements if they somehow catch COVID. Yeah. And yeah. that if they don't do that, yeah, there they, will be... Basically, uh, they're free of all liability. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Come on! Seriously? You have insurance for shit like this. Uh, what, big, just, what big baseball player has caught the COVID? I'm trying to... Nobody, really. Just the minor leaguers, I, right? Yeah, there there a few minor few. leaguers. I don't think a single... At least, uh, Confirm Major League Baseball player has gotten it. But I mean, like, it is inevitable that someone is going to get COVID. It just is. You know, kind of jumping over to college football for a second, University of Houston, bunch of idiots that they are, they decided to bring their some of their football players back without testing them for COVID. Six of them have it. Mm. And they just let them... Again, I don't blame the players. They probably didn't know. And these are 18 to 22-year-old kids. I'm not saying that they should know better, but when you're comparing it to the true adults here in the athletics department, they should know better. Literally every other school is testing these players coming in, and then Houston decides to be, I don't know, counterculture or whatever the hell, and said, it's oh, sexist. Just- bang, 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 bang. <laughs> you have to like, give you send me Sam for some reason while while that's happening, but yeah. So my my point jumping back. They would to never the do that point. at UTEP, that's for sure. 
so jumping back to my main point, which is baseball, someone is going to catch COVID. It's going to happen. I mean, the NBA's so, NBA's kind of. Uh, I think Adam Silver has admitted that he believes, yeah, there are going to be guys who who get it there too. Well, they already have. That's the thing. NBA. Yeah, Donovan Mitchell and uh, yeah, big stars. And... I mean, like, not not to get dark, but we haven't thought about this logically. You know, all across all of the sports, what if one of the stars catch it and then dies? I don't think they have that contingency planned out. So that you know, for yeah. human for human concerns, you know, the thing that doesn't matter apparently for player safety. Uh, maybe that's one of the liabilities that are coming in. Because think about that. Wrongful death. I, I don't know if it's wrongful death. Also, there's a lot of stuff we're trying not to get legalese, but um, that could be them. That's the reason why they don't want the liability. Clayton Kershaw and his three kids and wife, you know, he's got those people to take care of. He goes to pitch for somebody, dies of the corona, because they have to go, you know, drive around and travel. You don't see that stuff being flooded in litigation? So, I mean, I think they are planning. I'm going to be honest. I think they are planning for that contingency because I think it was the NBA came out with a hundred with a 125 page document outlining health protocols and procedures. So you're not going to write a 125 page document without for a second thinking what's going to happen if someone dies and you know obviously with pro leagues the chances of them dying are significantly less because they're going to have top of the line medical care but it could happen um, you know especially with you know I hate to say it with you know football offensive defensive linemen you know those guys are obese uh, they're in probably better shape than a lot of people who aren't obese, but the matter of, the fa matter of fact is they are obese. They have a higher percentage of sleep apnea than the general population. Um, and you hear all the time you know, these offensive, defensive linemen, you know, once they get out of the league, they immediately try to drop as much weight as they can. Um, and you'll see, um, like, for example, I saw the other guy uh, the other day, uh, guy Joey Grant, who was an offensive lineman for UCF uh, in the early 2010s. And, you know, he was a, a pretty decent-sized dude. Um, and, you know, he has lost a ton of weight. And, you know, it's, you know, it's for their health. You know, they... It's kind of like that's a bad analogy. I'll I'll skip that. Hmm. But you know, it's these offensive defensive linemen. You know, they're at especially high risk just for the general population. And, and let's not let's not forget there are baseball players who aren't in the best of shape, right? Uh, <laughs> out there, it, it that brings are playing. It brings to mind a quote from one of my favorite baseball movies, Mr. Baseball. We're not athletes, we're baseball players. Um, which is, is very true. I mean, don't get me wrong, baseball players these days are in better shape than baseball players at any time prior to this, I would say. Yeah. Just based on medical advances 
and things like that, but you do have guys that are not necessarily in the best shape because it's not as necessary as it is for the other pro leagues. I mean, it is impossible for a soccer player to be out of shape. Yeah. Um, yeah, soccer players, NHL players. Like uh, even the even the goalies are in incredible shape, and yeah, they, they look. Quoting, the goalies look bigger when they're in all those pads, but you see them; they're they're like they're thin guys, you know. Yeah, they're just uh, they're f- as flexible as all hell. And you would think if anyone's going to be out of shape, it's going to be a goalie, because their movement in the game is limited to basically a tiny little crease. I mean, they may come out occasionally to play the puck, but basically their entire movement is limited to probably about a 10-foot, 10-by-10 area on the ice. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, those guys are incredible. Are incredible shape. Um, so okay, let's. I want to loop it back to the the the, the CB, actual point. baseball uh, argument, or I guess topic. Um, it's. It's crazy how much the owners have asked the players to sacrifice. It's 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 stupid. It's ridiculous. Um, it's it's uncalled for. I, I can't think of another way to describe it because these are the employees. You wouldn't see Walmart. Well. Walmart's not a great example. <laughs> you wouldn't expect a company to say, oh, we're going to... Well, actually, no. Some companies have asked their employees to get, take pay cuts. Yeah. But that's not good. The owners, the shareholders, are the ones that are in a better place to take the hit than the employees. So that's... Yeah, it's just it's so tone deaf of the owners. It's stupid. Yeah. um, So I I would hope that something gets done at this point. They've they've got to do something. Major League Baseball, the the players are ready to go. I I don't like they're just ready to go. Uh, They have to just set the schedule here. This one we're starting. This is what we're doing. This is where we're going to be at. Um, and just get it going because right now, just feel, the full prorated fifty games. You're losing money on the season, anyways. This is this is as cheap as you're gonna get it. You're gonna have your playoff money, and that's it. But I mean, Trevor Bauer laid it out perfectly. I don't know if you guys saw that tweet that I sent. Probably. Um, he laid it out perfectly. How how much this is? This is all calculated by the owners and that's kind of the most egregious part is that this was basically in a sense almost planned um from the get-go uh to save as much money as possible on the season so uh with regards to paying the players so i I don't see because the, the job of a commissioner, I'm moving back to Rob Manfred criticism, is to be a steward of the game. Uh, like, 
Adam Silver, he he's not just the commissioner of the NBA. He's a steward of the game of basketball worldwide. And he realizes that. He realizes that. That's why uh, the whole China controversy was pretty big. Uh, because it matters what the NBA commissioner does. It matters uh, in, the, in the, the, the context of the sport because they're the highest level. Baseball is the highest level. Major League Baseball is the highest level of professional baseball. And yet, the lower levels uh, in Asia, uh, Chinese Professional Baseball League, Korean Baseball Organization, and um, the Nippon Baseball League, they're all playing right now. And yet, Major League Baseball, who's supposed to be the steward, supposed to be the the, the one that, that, that shows us the direction the game is going has no direction at all and it's sad it's sad rob manfred cannot pick he's he is first and foremost just uh, was he a lawyer i'm assuming he was a lawyer before rob manfred yeah let's see i'm assuming he was i would think he that he was in his past but either way he's not american lawyer (laughs) okay he's he's he doesn't see himself as a steward of the game he doesn't realize that's what he is. Because, let's say, if I was in his position, I would realize that. I would realize that I am basically the international head of baseball. Really, I am. And so, if Major League Baseball isn't going well, then baseball as a sport isn't going well. And that's the perception right now. I mean, we see it on Twitter. People, when Sports Center puts something about baseball, people are like, is baseball even a sport? Or are they still playing? Like, that's the perception now. And it's all those, I guess, the Gen Zers, I guess you can call that that. And even people who are dis, dis, who disowned the sport back in 94, they're like, this is the reason I left. You know? So it is not good. And the owners really need to take a look and think, man... Is this is this the right guy or man? I wish we had an Adam Silver. But if they thought that, then this guy would have been gone a long time ago. And so that's that's what's going down, and they don't realize what they're doing to themselves in the long run. That's my that's my piece on this. That's that's all I got. I don't know if you guys want to add more stuff to it. I mean, I don't know. I've torn Manfred as much as uh, much of a new one as I care to do. So, Charles, uh, it's all you, my friend. All right. Well, I'll, I'll keep it brief because I think we all have the same sentimentalities of what he's actually doing. But what I'll say is something that we kind of talked about prior um, the show, which essentially this is that. You are kind of setting yourself up to fail come the new CBA if you want to retain your job as a commissioner because – and mind you, I'm one of the few people who is actually more – I wouldn't say on the side of the owners. I don't care about multi-billionaires keeping more of their money, especially since they don't really get hit that hard in any kind of purpose with like a tax luxury or a luxury bill um, because it's still too small for the amount of money that is spent per each team. But – 
you have to kind of compromise and see what it is for the players because they're the ones you, you, you ought to at least advocate a little bit for them on the hazard pay of traveling. It's not like the owners are going to be traveling throughout the nation to go see these games. And understanding that baseball is kind of a weird system anyway because aside from just... And we talked about this last show, so I won't belabor it too much, but aside from like players having already having their agents overpay them, you also have arbitration, and that's really person against the team, right? So there's already a kind of, I, I would say, instead of all the other sports, except for the NFL and their drug policy, which was just revised in the CBA, because, side note, that stuff was really unfair when you had a lot of young men testing positive, not getting the proper health, but if you so happen to be a person named jo- you know, Josh Gordon, you don't you get chances, but you don't get the help that you need. That's a different diatribe for a different day. You already have kind of an adversarial system, I would venture, in baseball of a player versus their team because of arbitration, right? I say I want this. You say that you're going to give me this. We take me to a neutral site who, let's be fair, are arbitrators ever really neutral in this world? And the answer is... No. They just want to always have their services used. And they're gonna be and if you lose an arbitration as a player, you're stuck to the to the money that you didn't think was fit. That's not in the NFL, because you know what happens if you franchise tag me? I don't come to work. I might lose money, but someone's gonna pay me. That's Le'Veon Bell Saga. I do not know if they have arbitration in hockey. I just think a lot of guys in hockey get underpaid for the amount of work that they're doing because you're seeing these 10-year, $70 million contracts, all this other stuff. Do they have arbitration in hockey that you guys know of? Probably. Okay, so, but to... Hmm, not entirely sure. I don't believe they do when it comes to contracts because at least we know arbitration is coming around. But when you think about it, and now I'm going to go to my player side as opposed to Manfred's side, it feels like a little bit of a sports revolution that might occur with the players for a sole nature of they're the ones who get screwed the most, I think, on the actual monies that they can make because they might be pseudo, not past their prime, but depending what team they get traded to, they're coming up young for the minors. They're very inexperienced. They're losing a lot of time and investment at a young age for other careers or the way to make a monetary gain because they're stuck in a system that doesn't pay them their value. Or there's 21, 22, 23-year-olds in football making millions of dollars, 19, 18, and 20-year-olds in basketball making stupid money, and then there you are being a 20-year-old tweener and baseball who's just getting pennies on the dollar. And then bringing up to the major league itself, you're finally called up at maybe 23, 24, 25, having stuck on this weird call-up contract, then set to arbitration, and then finally when you want to make money at 27, 28, you have to kind of like ballpark for these long-duration contracts because no one's going to pay you a higher annual average or of a salary itself when there is no really kind of excuse of why we can't pay you this amount of money in baseball because it's really just kind of unlimited spending. And yes, there's a luxury bill, but ah, TV revenue and everything else that comes to the fact. So Manfred has to kind of take in consideration that, and it doesn't look good if you guys guys saying, hey, I want to play. Mind you, I can understand the idea of the owner saying, well, let's pay you for what actually the game should be played because the normal person does not get the overtime pay without working overtime. But, however, that being said, if you want to appease the crying child at Walmart and you don't want to have someone call DCF because you're trying to spank them, get them the little damn candy bar. And I think that will satisfy them. But that's what we talked about last time. It's weird with kind of union contracts, essentially, or any kind of agreements because they might not have anything addressed to it. So if you have lawyers 
for the owners saying, well, the letter, the four corners of the contract says no additional monies, and we're not necessarily going to spend time and effort to change it, especially since there's an uncertainty of even the season's going to you know, go forward with it, then I can get it. But with Manfred, I don't think he realizes on a practical level, and if he does, he's going to get the fail, that he's setting himself up to be the fall guy. And as an individual, I got to tell you, I don't ever want to go down as the worst commissioner ever in a sport. And, you know, especially since you're talking about a sport that keeps commissioners going on, but Manfred's only been commissioner, what, three, four years? And now you're going to the mishandling of the coronavirus and how the players and the owners come into it, not bridging the gap, not being a representation of baseball. Because Manfred is a representation of baseball. Why? Because we're trying to get that international appeal because we can't get homegrown guys anymore. Want to know how we know this? Because Kyler Murray, who was projected to be graded out as a first-round pick in Oakland, I believe was a first-round pick in Oakland. Granted, he probably would not have – let's be honest, he probably wouldn't have seen majors at all. I'm just going to say it because that's how cutthroat baseball is. You know, leaves to go for guaranteed money, guaranteed uh, opportunities. You're going to get a lot of dynamic players there, so you're losing them that front. So you want to get the international players. You want to get the representations of it. And now you might get a lockout. So – and what? That's two years from now. So you, you fail out this season – yeah, come back next season, but you don't really leave them wanting more, and then you have a possible scab season. So it, I, I think to equate this into the law side of it, right, Manfred, if he was an attorney, which was he? Did he get the did we get the confo that he was? He is an attorney. Okay, go tell the big business that, hey, why waste the money going to litigation, lose out just to get more than than what we're offering, or just to pay more than what we're originally offering anyway, unless a piece of little guy, it's not like we're going to miss it, bringing everything back together. So Manfred, you have to sometimes be the boy, voice of reason. Be the guy who tells the big business about, hey, the cash flow, give it to him. Be the parent that saves us all and our eardrums from bleeding because some kid's having a temper tantrum because you won't buy them the damn Hershey's cooking cream or the Twix cookies and cream, which I have and I can't wait to try out, but we're not doing that yet. I um, bought them. I bought them. They're so they, good. Uh, listen, I, I'm a sucker for anything cookies and cream. And right now, our boy, Rob Manfred, is just being resistant to change. So, come on, man. Just I understand that you like the old school tricks. I know you like that, that chocolate caramel Swissy taste. And I know you might be a right guy instead of a left guy. But at the end of the day, it's still the same candy bar. It still keeps you fed. It's just a different flavor, baby. Pay the guys. Help them out. I mean, granted, to be fair, my sympathies are limited, but I'll also kind of feel bad for them because imagine trying to be the messenger, but you're a messenger knowing you're going to get stabbed for, or getting shot, I guess. Shoot the messenger in that sense. Okay. So are they really that good? They're really good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Is it is it possible to mess up a cookies and cream candy bar? Let's just have this debate right now real quickly. Put it on the it'll be it'll be awfully tough to mess up something cookies and cream. It's kind yeah. of like pizza and sex. It, it would only be it's, bad if they if they added something else to it. Like if I, I don't know, wrapping it in coconut, which would be awful for me. But yeah, like it's the saying is it's kind of like pizza and sex. You can't no matter how bad it is, it's still pretty good. <laughs> There's some dark humor that I'm not going to touch on this show, so... <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Unless you think pineapple goes on pizza, then you're wrong. Oh. But, 
It does not belong on pizza. I but know, I, I I've seen sacrilege. some people do some weird stuff that they'll put the bacon on there, or they'll also do some peppers. And my curiosity is slightly piqued with the peppers. You know, every now and then you gotta get a finger probe, right? So you might as well just put on some pineapple and a jalapeno on that. Get a little bit of that tangy and that spice. But then it depends on the pizza. My friend from elementary school, rest in peace, um, put mustard on his pizza. What the fuck? Oh, God. I mean, I haven't tried... Okay, so what kind of mustard? Like standard mustard? Standard mustard. Dijon? Standard nah. Mustard. I, I can get behind the Dijon. I can get behind mustard. that for a little... Or the honey mustard because you're getting for the tang. Regular mustard, though? Like, I barely like that on a hot dog or a sandwich on a good day. Like, sometimes I want it, but it's never, like... In the level of three mustards that are out there, it, it's... It's, I'm a great Poupon snob, hardly <laughs> that I am, but to give you the idea of how I feel about the Dijon or the honey. Yeah, you know, I mean, you know, I wear a suit for a living. I might as well just show it by being just that deplorable <laughs> human being. Um, but real, realistically speaking, mustard on a pizza, and here's the thing, like, there's a part of me that wants to try it because when you deal with other people's odd tastes, and this is how I feel about sports sometimes. I don't like soccer, but people make me want to watch it, so this is why it's transmutable. But when you see how they take certain kinds of foods, and I'm not entirely resistant towards it, there might be a bit of me that's piqued by the curiosity and just might do it. I don't know what I would do if you, if I, if I was still eight years old right now, and I had the stuffed crust pizza, and they gave me like a tank of that to dunk into. Done. I would do that for the crust, for the stuffed crust pizza. I do in a heartbeat. <laughs> Okay. We went down that rabbit hole real quick. Oh, yeah. Yeah, real quick. Okay, so I'm going to move on to a smaller segment here. I have Let's Haul, y'all. We highlight a Hall of Famer, and I think it would be apropos highlighting this Hall of Famer because he he just got inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame 2020 posthumously. Uh, Have you guys heard of a man named Marvin Miller? I have not. Marvin Miller. Okay. Well, you should hear about him. You're about to hear about him. Let's do it. Served as the executive director of the Major League Baseball Players Association. He's the reason, or part of the reason, why there is free agency in baseball. Ah, uh, yes. Like I sticking have it to him. Rob Manfred by highlighting a union rep. So, Marvin Miller, he went to NYU. He previously worked for, yes, Major League Baseball Players Association, but before that, the U.S. government, including the National War Labor Board, the International Association of Machinists, or Machinists, I don't know how to say that, Andrew, Uh, the United Auto Workers and the United Steel Workers of America. He helped uh, many labor unions across the way in his lifetime. He counseled Kurt Flood. I don't know if you guys know who Kurt Flood Flood. is. Yes. And he knew that his case, which went all the way to the Supreme Court, he knew that Kurt Flood's case would result in a loss. But, but he also knew that it could serve as a nice precedent and a nice foundation for future disputes uh, with regards against Major League Baseball and the Players Association. Um, And so... And it came to that when free agency began in 1976. There were two players. I, I didn't write down their names. But they played. They played without contracts. 
Uh, here we go. Andy Messersmith and Dave McNally. They played 1975 without signing their contracts. And then they contended that they were free agents due to the wording of the reserve clause, which was the uh, of the reserve clause, which was the the portion of uh, of uh, of the contracts that was in dispute in the current flood case. And after that, baseball players were allowed to become free agents. In 1976, the average player earned. Fifty thousand dollars, and by 1982, six years later, that had risen to about two hundred forty-one thousand dollars. So Marvin Miller, uh, he died in I think 2008 or 2012. There we go. He died in 2012, but was inducted into the Hall of Fame this year, and rightfully so, as he is a huge part uh, of why of well I mean the disputes that are happening right now but also the the good that has come about because of it uh, in in all sorts of uh, industries as well uh, victories for labor unions in baseball also can be attached to other uh, unions and and labor disputes elsewhere in the United States so Thank you, Marvin Miller. Rest in peace. And uh, fuck you, Rob Manfred. Uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, let's continue on here. I needed to get that jab in there. And I'm going to keep jabbing, guys. This is this is going to be the last one for a while. So yeah. if you, you guys can get your jabs in if you want, all right? If you have some beef with somebody, go ahead and get them in now. I mean... <laughs> Screw you, Rob Manfred. Screw you, go. owners. There we go. All right. Um, Manfred, am I right? <laughs> hey. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest here. If, if it gets canceled, we have to give him that nickname. Yeah. Rob Manfred. All right. Co- uh, copyright trademark it. Let's make t-shirts out of it. We'll oh, put yeah. a spray. Let's do that. Okay. Are you Manfred of the dark? <laughs> There's puns out of the wazoo that we could do with this gentleman. So now mm-hmm. I have a minor league team, and my minor league team is the Canapolis Cannonballers. Canapolis? Canapolis. I, I love alliteration, gentlemen. I love it. Canapolis Cannonballers. There they are. So they were established in 1995. Formerly went by the Canapolis Intimidators, the Piedmont Bull Weevils. Piedmont Phillies, and before that, they were in Spartanburg as the Spartanburg Phillies. They are a single-A team in the South Atlantic League, currently affiliated with the Chicago White Sox. They won one championship back in 2005 and previously affiliated with the Phillies. So their roster alumni, a lot of them are former Phillies that you'll recognize. But uh, when they were Canapolis... Uh, here are some of the notable guys. Uh, Big Sexy, Bartolo Colon, did a rehab stint in Canapolis. Uh, Gio Gonzalez, Ryan Madsen, Adam Eaton, Marlon Bird, Jimmy Rollins, and here's one, Ricky Williams. <laughs> yes, that Ricky Williams. Smoke weed every day, Ricky Williams. So he was. Uh, he, he did play in the Phillies minor league system 
for a couple years while he was in college uh, playing at Texas. And when they were in Spartanburg, you hear some older Phillies that you'll recognize. Uh, Ryan Sandberg, um, or guys who passed through the Philly system and they moved on to other teams. Uh, Larry Boa, Scott Rowland, and Dave Roberts. Mm. Here's some bit of trivia. They were partially owned by Dale Earnhardt hmm. when they moved to the Canapolis. The senior or the junior? Senior. Dale Earnhardt Sr., and that's why the team used to be called the Intimidators, because that was his nickname mm. while he was alive. And they have retired number three uh, since he passed back in 2001. I remember that. Very sad day. And his uh, they, they play at HM Health Ballpark, which is a brand new baseball stadium. Supposed to have opened this year, but, you know, uh and that holds about 4,930 people. And that's the Canapolis Cannonballers. All right. And I'll get this one out of the way. I'm just trying to get us to the halfway point, And then we can so move I, on to the other I got topic. a question. Yeah. If, if they get a home run, a dinger, do they shout cannonball as they're uh, going from there? Because I really feel like they should. I think they literally have a cannon in their ballpark. Kind of like the Columbus Blue Jackets have one. But like if I if I was them, they need to invest in this idea, and they can steal this. Canapolis, you can steal this. So if you get a guy who hits a home run, what you ought to do is play the Ron Burgundy clip when he's like, "Hey everyone, get him, He just jumps into it because you're not gonna get hit with any fines. People are gonna love it. And here's the thing about minor league teams: you need personality to get people to go in. That's not like a family of five. For right. your ten book uh, ticket, so I would be in on that. Oh yeah, yeah, and it's minor league, so you can kind of do whatever the hell you want, you know. Uh, I mean, I sent you guys a, a chicken poultry sale Instagram message, uh, so uh, that one of the minor league teams is doing somewhere. All right, so player remember to forget. Just a random guy I chose out of uh, Baseball Reference. He was on the front page. I'm like, ah, I'll go with this guy. Uh, Russ Adams, he was a shortstop, second baseman, third baseman, played for uh, one team, the Toronto Blue Jays, from 2004 through 07, and then briefly in 09. He was drafted first round, 14th overall in 2002 out of UNC, so he's a former Tar Heel, and that's all I got about him. That's it. That's that's the only – there's nothing else notable that I could find about him. No, so Wikipedia. he's no cocaine cartel, nothing like that? Yeah, nothing, nothing. I so guess Russ nothing's Adams, better than something, right? He's probably just sitting at home on his couch uh, enjoying his life. So good for you, dude. Join us, Russ. Join us on our show when we come back for episode 69, <laughs> a very nice episode. Oh, yeah. So that's uh, Russ Adams. Uh, we highlight, of course, these players that a lot of people don't remember because – if we don't, nobody else will. Okay. Uh, let's see. I guess if you guys bits... give me if you guys give me a minute, I'd like to discuss something. Take the okay, minute. Okay. okay. Or you can kind of you know discuss amongst yourselves while I pull this up. I mean, right. uh, let's oh. see. Uh, other bits of news of WNBA, the WNBA, blah, 
They are getting ready to return to play as well. Currently, the plan is to be at the IMG Academy in Bradenton, Florida. Although they are looking at other locations within the Florida Gulf Coast between Tampa and, I guess, Naples. So that's what they're eyeing. So it looks like Florida is going to be the center of the sports universe very soon. So you know what, Rob Manfred? Come on. Bring all those teams down here. We have like 13 spring training ballparks, two major league baseball stadiums, and a couple other minor league parks. Just bring them all down here. Who wants to sit in the Arizona sun? It's a dry heat. Bullshit. It's hot. It's freaking hot at, air, at all times of the day. Nobody wants to be in the Arizona sun. If you're going to do it, do it here in Florida. The humidity, fine. Just play at night. Just play all the games at night. Use Tropicana Field and Marlins Park for, for rained out games. And, and, and just get it over with, dude. 50 games. That's manageable down here. That's manageable. All right? It's not like we're... It's, there, are not, there aren't alligators everywhere. People think that they are. No, there, there are not. All right? It's it's not true. Uh, so, yeah. They, their training cap in WNBA is expected to start the first week of July. And they'll try and start by July 24, 2020 with actual basketball games. Let's see. Okay, I just sent two We're things the, over to to the Facebook chat. We're at the fifty three minute mark, so we got seven minutes till the halfway point, guys. Right. I can I can eat that time. Okay. Um, and then display them in the order I send them. So first the imgur link, and then okay. the attachment. Okie dokie. So you want me to get this link? All right, I'll try. I'm, I mean, side story or contention. You say Imgur, I say Imgur. Is this like a gift GIF war? <laughs> Am I just like phonetically? Un- Are you just superior in pronouncing things? Because you do this when we played the game of like Charles doesn't know last names thing. You know, so is it Imgur or Imgur? I I just based it on I I just assume that it's a play on image. Yeah. So I based it on that. Um, you know, even though I default to GIF, I know better that it's GIF. The, the dude that invented it said it's GIF. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's, it's an acronym for graphic interface file or whatever. Yeah. Um, so the G in it is a hard G, so GIF. Even though I, I always... When I'm not thinking about it, I always say GIF because that's how I said it for so many years. But I I accept that it's GIF, uh, but I, I have to think about it uh, a little bit. I have to think about saying GIF as opposed to defaulting to GIF. All right. So okay. I have it on the screen here. Okay. So. Someone on RCFB has been doing a series, which I commend them. It's an awesome series, where he has been, or she, this user has been creating flags representing each of the FBS schools, which is a tough feat, because that's 130 schools. Um, but they've they've done... Most of them right now, they just finished the Pac-12s. They have, I think, two more conferences to go. 
yeah, I think two more conferences to go, uh, just in the FBS. So that means they're probably at a, at least a hundred right now. So anyway, one of the first the first conference they did was the American Athletic Conference, which is what UCF is in, and they designed that. Now, it's a USF fan. Sorry, it's a South Florida fan. So that's a bit of a jab at us to put like, the least amount of yeah. effort into it. Um, this is the this is the or go back really quick. Okay. I just want to explain the the symbolism behind it because it'll play into. Uh, it'll kind of parlay into what I'm showing. Okay. Go so... Uh, I'm making the switch. I can't... Uh, it's it's a delay on my end, so I'm just I'm waiting for it to pop up, but I guess... I guess I'll talk anyway. So, that star that you see is... There we go. So the star that you see is the star that's used in the UCF seal. Um, the seal is the Pegasus horse and a star on top of it, which symbolizes, well, reach for the stars, the school motto, so it kind of plays along with that. You know, it's a space grant school. It was designed to be a theater a school for NASA. Wait, All reach of for the, the stars is the school motto? Yeah. That's also the main theme for Sonic Colors. Huh. They stole it from us then. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So that's the the star in this in the in the seal. You know, the school. Like I said, it's very space based. All of the major roads are some sort of astronomy based. So you've got Aquarius and Dora. You've got Gemini. You've got Orion. Um, can't think of some Libra. Um, you know, the dorms are called Apollo, Neptune. Like I could go on and on and on. So that's the very basic flag that they made, which you know, I clap, bravo. That's a that's a that's a nice little rivalry play on us. Well done. So, and I, I knew that they did it as a as a jab at us, but. I've been doing a lot of graphic design stuff recently for fun. Um, I've learned a lot while being a mod on RCFB because there is a little bit of graphic design that we have to do, and I've just kind of been building some skills, polishing. So I decided, you know what? I'm going to make a flag for myself mm. and, and see what I can do to top that, which, let's be honest, basically anything I did was going to top that. Um... So what you saw earlier, which will be popping up hopefully in a second. Okay. Keep talking. I'll get to it. Don't worry. Okay. So what I did, I, I kind of cheated, and I found a clip art shield on Google, um, which is what you'll see there. That's kind of the centerpiece of it. Um, what I did was it had like a beveling or whatever on it, and you know how much I love beveling. Um, see, there we go. You so, love it with a anti-passion. Exactly. 
So what I did is I flattened that out. I took out the beveling. I made it in gold, which is the athletic gold. The the academic gold is more like a yellow. Um, and since this is for the athletic side of things, I decided to go with the athletic gold. You can see, obviously, uh, tons of stars. A uh, lot of symbolism behind that. Uh, for one thing, there are 13 stars on the outside, which represent the 13 colleges in the school. Um, so there's that. The five stars in the shield itself represent the five parts of the school creed, which is integrity, integrity scholarship, community, creativity, excellence. So I did that, and then... I made two circles because if you look at a map of the campus, it's made it's a concentric circle campus. So it's a bunch of circles inside of themselves, and it's mm -hmm. one of only two schools in the country. The other being UC Irvine uh, that have a concentric circle design. So that's what I did, and I think it came out well. Yeah, looks good. Uh, a lot of symbolism and not some of that BS symbolism that <laughs> Nike keeps trying to pawn off every time they change uniforms. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's, uh, it's very genuine and very legit. Okay, I like that. Uh, and I, I know I've shown you guys a couple of concept art, and I think I've shown you this before, but I figured I'd debut it to the world. Um, oh, and the other thing, it's a very minor thing. Um, but the the word mark that I put at the bottom with my my username slash Twitter handle, I used the or the closest approximation I could get to the official academic uh, the official academic font or yeah academic font which is Gotham. Nice. So even that little word word mark had a little bit of. Uh, symbolism to it as well all right and hey look at that i wasted eight or nine minutes <laughs> you got us to the halfway point dude <laughs> so that, good on you all right that's 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 how you do it all right so let's let's move on to a word from our non-sponsors people places things it's more than just fogs or pogs i have no idea how to pronounce that or p hogs i don't I have no idea but they have puppies. You can get it on Steam. Sure, there's a demo. Uh, we also like to highlight stuff that we like, and they're not paying us, and hopefully one day they do. So, guys, uh, who wants to start for this week and, I guess, the last time for at least a month? I could do it. Alrighty. So, gentlemen, there's been uh, I guess I'll start. Uh -huh. Um... Or, Charles, go ahead. That was a delay. Oh, there. no. Yeah. No, no. I, I mean, uh, si rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Because <laughs> I, I, I was like, damn, Andrew pulling out the big guns. Yeah, go he ahead. Got, go he, ahead. Got some, he got some ego going on because he made a better grab. I'm like, I'll fight you. No, it's all right. Um, so, <laughs> gentlemen, there's been times in my life where I, I think I've been in love, you know, or I've had love in my life. But recently I have fallen deeply in love with – Something that will always be by my side till death do us part to benefit me 
to make sure I look as sharp as sharp can be when I go out, when I have to go to court, when I have to wear my dress shirts, because your boy has finally, and I don't know if it's the bad Papa Charles mustache I've developed, but something has happened to me because I went from having my cheap $9.99 iron that you get at Kmart and I upgraded to Amazon to a daddy iron. So my non-sponsor is Pure Steam Iron, P-U-R-S-T-E-A-M, and I got to tell you, 1,700 watts, really hot, like so hot, does a vertical steam, the best kind of vertical, am I right, fellas? Has a little bit of mist in there, anti-caulk, anti-kind of drip. Oh, it's the best kind of thing. You put so much water in there. I tried it yesterday for the first time. I got it the other day, like last week. But yesterday was the first time I really had to use it. You'll find it quicker on Amazon. I'll tell you that now because I probably butchered the name um, than you are in the regular. Oh, is that my baby? That's my girl right there, guys. <laughs> Look at her. She's heavy to hold, but when you lay her down, it Looks just smooths cool, out all the things. Guys, you know what? I I'm just saying it right now. Sometimes you just can't go for the bare bones. You know, that's the problem. Sometimes we get the bare bones things, whether we can afford it or not afford it. But I was trying to iron for the last almost year on my own account because I'm cheap and I want to save money. She does synthetics. She does cotton linens. She does uh, silk. You know, she feels heavy when you hold it, but when you lay it down, it just, it's, it's light. It just breezes through. It's more um, holes, other parts that come in there that really kind of steam out. So there's a part where I'm like steaming because, you know, I, I have some shirts that are a little wrinkly because, you know, I, I, I wash and then I, I do a little bit of a dry tumble just to actually get the shirt kind of dry. There's nothing I hate personally washing it and just hanging it immediately, um, you're still going to get wrinkles. And not just that, but you don't want to really automatically iron it anyway because then it's just going to still leave a production of wrinkliness even if you iron and just wait for it to dry. So you put a little bit of starch. But, you know, I, I have the instruction. I didn't even read the instruction. We were just connected. I knew this was my soulmate. My eyes kind of like fluttered out. And it was cheap enough for me, like 35 bucks. That's fine by me because, you know, now that I realize I was ironing more, I got to go past the Kmart iron that I had here. Um, it, it just treats me right. I feel, I feel, you know, you know, the movie as good as you get Jack Nicholson's just going to, um, is it Holly Hunter? That's it. No, it's not Holly Hunter. It's a Helen Hunt. He goes, uh, is it Helen Hunt? I got to check back. It's been years. He goes, says, you make me want to be a better man. Yeah. That's what I feel with this. <laughs> you make me want to be a better man to not look like a unpresentable schlub. You know, I've been rocking the facial hair for like a month now. I went from being homage to being looking like a revolutionary. But since I used this yesterday, she told me to be a man, shave the goatee, shave the bad mustache, go back to clean cut look because that's what you got to be as an ace because she makes me an ace. Pure Steam, I named her. Her name is Georgia because I always got Georgia on my mind. Okay. Um, I love it. I love it, man. It's so good. It's the little things, and it is going to be with me until she finally passes because, you know, I'm not going to go for the better newer models. So now she's going to be loyal to me. She might ride or die. She's my clean and steam, as we'll call her, and that will be my promo code, clean and steam. All right. Nice. Do, do you gentlemen dry clean or do you iron? Because if you need an iron, that get yourself a Georgia. I have a personal steamer. Uh... I do have an iron that does the steaming too, so. Uh, but I dry clean for the suits, of course. But that, yeah. Other than that, nah. Uh, save a little money by doing it myself, and it's relaxing too. I actually kind of like ironing my clothes. Kinda, it is very therapeutic. Yeah, I find it to be very therapeutic. I like it. You know, I just put on. You know, I was watching some wrestling and I was doing it. Or if I have to watch some of my anime, look, guys, just just get it done. You know what to do. 
Andrew, get yourself this baby. That's your that's your bar passing grade because you're you're gonna be uh you you'll be a real boy now when you take this bar and suffer. But you know you treat yourself, get yourself a pure steam. Okay, Andrew, since you were so eager to get in, I'll let you go second. If you're there, dude, is he there? Have um, I lost everybody? I mean, I hear you. Can you? Hear I me? think Andrew might be out. So Andrew, you might have to pop in and pop out again. Or pop out and then pop in. I think that's the way it works. Uh, because we've lost you. If yeah, I can't. All right. Well, up oh, and he is. Yeah, he is. He is popped out. So I guess I will go second. So, uh, well, Charles, it's just you and me, and I'll just say this. Uh, I've been sitting around like a lazy fool for quite a while now. Mm. Incredibly lazy. A koala or a sloth kind of lazy. <sighs> I mean, do, do slots normally go to sleep at 4 a.m. every night? I'm not even sure. I think that's more koala, buddy. Uh, um, it's one or the other. But either way, it has been absolutely horrible for me. Uh, I got sick recently, and it's it's not been good. But uh, I will I will give it up because I I had a cold uh, for the week, and I will give it up to. Uh, my guy, uh, it's gonna go to Night Quill. All right. Can you guys hear me? Yes. I can hear you now, my dude. Excellent. Welcome back. So Andrew Night Quill is my non-sponsor. Nice. All right. Uh, even though I took a generic brand, but we, we all know what Night Quill is, or at least the, the equivalent of it from the generic brand. And yes, that's that's what I I had the the, the gel caplets, and I guess you can see it here. Um, and, and well, actually, this is acetaminophen. So, but either way, it knocks you out, and that's what I want most out of my medicines at night: is will this thing knock me out? Because I don't want to be up for this crap. And it did; it did the trick. You know, sometimes you don't feel like you're gonna get to sleep. Like you're you're, you're tossing, you're turning, you're you're sniffling, you're stuffed up. And your your brain is running, and you oh I should grab the phone and all whatever. No, just calm down, take a second, and just let the medicine do its work. Because eventually you will be knocked out, and you're off to La La Land. And that's what I did for me. And so I've I've taken this for at least the last two or three nights, uh, and it's gotten me through it. And I feel a lot better today. Now I think I'm finally getting over it. And yeah, it's thanks to. NyQuil or whatever the the real generic medical name for the medicine is. I have no idea what it is. There's stuff on the screen. You guys figure it out. Just find it. Just if you have a cold, whatever. All right, Drew Brees. He's 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 woke now. Drew Brees is woke, and he's a he's a he's endorsed by this, or he endorses it. So if you want to get woke like me and Drew Brees, go to sleep with NyQuil. <laughs> so uh, promo code. Woke Drew Breeze. All right, um, I'm gonna do a little a little bit of uh, segmentception here. Okay. Um, so it's gonna be a non-sponsor, but it's also going to be a shout out slash not quite a player we remember to forget. It's a player we remember to remember. Um, and that is going to be Major League 
free agent Irvin Santana. Ah, yes. yes. Brand new front of the show. That is true, and let me explain why. So, just randomly out of the blue, uh, I get uh, notifications on my my phone whenever I Twitter notifications. You know, someone liked the tweet, someone retweeted, stuff like that. Um, I also get notifications of whenever people follow me. I get a notification that Irvin Santana follows me. And I kind of did a double take here because surely this is not the Irvin Santana who is a famous major league pitcher. But indeed, it was Irvin Santana, the famous major league pitcher. So I'd like to give a shout out to Mr. Irvin Santana for following me on Twitter, which is pretty dang awesome. Uh, I hope my content, the content has been decent so far. I hope you enjoy following me. Um, just to get a little bit of a background on Mr. Santana, he is currently a free agent, last played for the White Sox last season, has played for the Angels from 2005 to 2000, uh, 2012, the Royals in 2013, the Braves in 2014, the Twins from 2015 to 2018, and then, as I mentioned, the White Sox in 2019. He's a two-time All-Star in 2008 and 2017, pitched a no-hitter on July 27, 2011, as a member of the Angels. He was born Johan Santana, but decided to change his name to avoid uh, confusion with the other Johan Santana. Yes. Um, and decided to just come up with a completely different name. It's not like his middle name or whatever. He is married. His wife, Amy. Uh, they have a son, Jonathan, and a daughter, Sophia. Just a little bit of his uh, statistics. He has a career record of 149 and 127, an ERA of 4.09, and 1,926 strikeouts. So... Over a decent, a decent numbers for a for a fourteen year career. He's made money. That's for shizzle. Look at this. That is fourteen million or hundred twelve million. Sorry, that is indeed for shizzle. And you know he's only thirty seven. Um, you know, hopefully a team picks him up, and you never know. He could play a few more seasons and you know hit the two, the two thousand strikeout mark. Um, you you never know. We'll see. But um, Mr. Mr. Santana, I appreciate your follow, um, and you know you are always welcome on the show if you want. Uh, you you are officially a friend of of the show. Uh, promo code Urban Santana. What what else can I say? All right, Urban Suburban. Wasn't he famous for a lot of one-year contracts too? If memory serves me right, he was always kind of like you know uh, a a big end. If I remember his career, I know he's a free agent now, but pitchers they kind of come and go at a certain thing with age. But I remember him always kind of getting those big one-year deals, like more astronomical than some of the other players. I mean, let's see. He's uh, as far he, as his he had. Two back-to-back one-year contracts. He played for the Royals for one season and then the Braves for one season. Mm-hmm. All right. 
So he had a couple of years where he had single single year contracts. Yeah, they were thirteen million from fourteen million. Yeah, that's a big amount of money for just yeah. a one year deal for a pitcher. Yeah. For a pitcher. Uh, I mean he was still in the middle of his prime, thirty, thirty one years, uh making bank. So all right. So those are our non sponsors, guys. Let's move on here. All right, so Andrew. Yes, sir. So, college athletes in Florida. Big news. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Um, so, for anyone that doesn't know, um, first off, how's that rock going? Uh, hope you enjoy enjoy living under that rock. Sorry, I just kind of had to throw that out there. So, there has been a huge controversy over the last – over a decade – uh, about something called name image likeness, which, uh, for those who don't know, college athletes are not paid for being athletes. The extent of the payment is room, board, uh, school supplies, things like that, but outside of that, uh, well, and tuition, in most cases, depending on the sport, because uh, if you're a walk-on, you get nothing. Good day, sir. Um, and then in some of the other sports, uh, they don't have they have a very limited number of scholarships. So you'll have you know quarter scholarships, half scholarships. Um, you know, in baseball, teams get I think less than twenty scholarships that they have to spread around a roster of at least twenty five, probably more. So you know. Even if you do get a scholarship, it's probably not going to be the whole thing. Anyway, so there's been a huge push recently to allow players to get paid for their their name, their image, or their likeness, which likeness is more referring to video games. Um, case in point is the Ed O'Bannon lawsuit where they used his likeness as an all-star player for UCLA basketball in one of EA Sports's or some college basketball game. Um, and EA, even though they don't explicitly use the player's names back when they made these games, it was the same skin tone, the same height, the same number, the same weight, the same city, the same position, literally Everything about that player, the same statistics even, except for their name. So that's what likeness is in, in a nutshell. So there's been a recent push for the past over a decade or so to allow players to profit off of their NIL, I'll call it, name and likeness, NIL. Um, that kind of came to a head last year when a few major states decided, you know, what we're going to... If the NCAA isn't going to do anything, we're going to do something. So California, I think North Carolina, a few states, there were rumblings that they were going to do something. And in California's case, they they passed a law that would create... that would allow players to benefit off NIL starting in, I think, 2023. Florida was even more aggressive than that. They passed the bill in this legislative session 
That said, we'll allow players to benefit off NIL starting next year, next July 2021. And the threat of that started the, um, the NCAA to say, all right, maybe we need to start rethinking our position because, you know, if all these states start doing kind of a patchwork sort of thing, you know, it'll, you know, there's going to be impropriety, there's going to be people, you know, paying under the table and stuff like that, and there will be a huge recruiting advantage because, let's say, a state like Florida that has full NIL uh, versus, let's say, Texas, because that's another big state. Uh, you know, Texas schools are going to be frustrated with Florida because, you know, what player is not going to want to come to Florida and be able to benefit off their name, I, image, likeness? I heard on the radio, uh, to interject here, somebody came up with the example. Think of somebody, uh, uh, Jim Laranega, the head coach of the University of Miami basketball team, which has seen a resurgence in their, in their quality of play. So the NBA has the one-and-done rule where a uh, player has to play one, at least one year in the NCAA uh, before coming to the NBA. And, I agree, yeah. And so that's what they have. So a, it would be a huge recruiting tool. Like, hey, I know Duke and UNC have the prestige, but you can come down to Miami. Fantastic place, especially to play during the college basketball season when it's Nice and warm, nice and uh, nice and cool, and or warm here. Uh, nice and warm, and and you know the the limelight and all that stuff, and you get paid. It would be right. a huge. I mean, you get paid this one season. You can already get your brand out there one year before you head into the NBA draft. Why not do that? Why not have a time in Miami and get paid? Start your brand. And get it going. Exactly. And, you know, it's 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 inevitable for the NCAA to do something because if they don't, or for these states, just as a aside, just aside from having a, a leg up on other states, you know, you're seeing guys that are foregoing college altogether starting their careers in over uh, careers overseas, playing there for a couple of seasons, getting paid. And then, uh, you know, then they'll just move on to the pros and then get paid really big in the United States pros. Um, so, now, don't get me wrong, you know, these guys are not going to get millions of dollars, probably, off of their name image likeness, but, you know, they will be able to benefit, you know, they can do some sponsorship deals. Um, think think things- about it from the perspective of a guy that knows he's not going to make the NFL or the right. NBA or Major League Baseball or, or I mean, in hockey, uh, the NHL, they're not going to move on to a professional contract. Hey, come on down to Florida. You can get paid. Spend four years. Get your education. Get paid. Forego any other place. That's very enticing. And that's going to be most guys, because 
you know, in any sport, you're only going to have, just to get to the D1 level, you have to be incredibly gifted. And, you know, that's already a very small population of high school athletes. To make it to the pros is even smaller than that. So most guys, you know, you know, look to your left, look to your right. Probably both of those guys are not going to be making it to the pros, even if you are the cream of the crop. Um, so it's allowing these guys, like you said, to get some money and stability for four years and, you know, try and, you know, get set to make some money before, you know, going on to a quote-unquote real career. Um, I'm just imagining... I'm just imagining the corny used car dealership commercials on local TV. Like, just for the memes alone, it's going to be great. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah, it's... Someone suggested that um, Hawaiian Airlines... uh, I don't know if they have a route to Florida, but they could make... uh, Mackenzie Milton and Dylan Gabriel are two of our quarterbacks who are from Hawaii. Uh, be their <laughs> be their spokesman. Um, I mean, it's the possibilities are endless, and I feel great for these guys. Like, look at Mackenzie Milton for example. I want more than anything for him to get back to one hundred ten percent. To make it make it in the NFL, I want nothing but the best for him because he's a nice guy and he's a stud on the field. But just the odds are against him because you know that is that is an injury that normally ends most careers. The fact that he's standing and throwing on that thing is insanity. He's beating all the odds. So, you know, let's say he can't make it to the NFL. You know, he is such a hot commodity just here in Orlando that places will be lining up around the block to uh, to sponsor him or things like that. Um, yeah, no, it's it's going to be really interesting how it's going to go, well, how it's going to happen. I mean, it's... Uh, I mean, the big three schools here, which is UM. Big four. Excuse me. Big four. Three. It ain't Miami, (laughs) that's for sure. Even though we like to tell our girls. That's true. Oh, good, good, Charles. That is is true. That is true. Um, It is FIU. uh, Damn you. (laughs) Uh, University of Coral Gables, no longer in the big three. Um, They died a long time ago. (laughs) <laughs> it's been a tragic death. Yeah, I'm like Manny Diaz. I kind of blame you. I I kind of blame just certain offensive coordinators, recruiting. I blame so many people. But life goes on, right? We had our oh. time in the sun. Because still... the good news is all the other you know Florida teams kind of suck. Like FSU ain't coming anywhere near us, right? I mean FAU's have more consistency than both our programs when you think of it. All subject to change, of course. And then there's UCF. Yeah. All right. Well, 
in any case, uh, those guys, uh, just the amount of money that they can throw at people with from their boosters, it's gonna be crazy. So, good question to ask you guys. How do you think this will translate not to football? And we'll get back to the college football aspect in a second. But what about? Do you think that would create an enticement for other um, college sports itself if they can get their name, image, well, and like? Basketball. I mean, we already gave out the college basketball example. How, yeah. like, I mean, what about one and done. Why not spend it in Miami than in the middle of nowhere, Durham, North Carolina? Yeah. yeah. But what or, about or baseball? Chapel because you Hill. get more money than coming into um, the minors. I, maybe. I mean, I don't know how hot of a commodity you would be, but it just makes my brain kind of think, you know? Yeah. I mean, uh, baseball programs here, uh, why not get paid? I mean, the Miami, Florida, Florida State all have fantastic programs. Why not come down? Do your local TV commercials and whatever. Uh, your radio spots. Uh, show up at an event or two. Take some photos. And then pocket the cash. Why not? Uh, it's uh, it's There's a pipeline for all these things here. So, I mean, there's great golf, great tennis programs. I, I think... Uh, Florida is trying to become the center of the sports world. At the moment, they're trying. And this so, is just another step in that way. I mean, getting ahead of California, that was tactical. Because a lot of things come out of California. A lot of great athletes come out of there. They're trying to make them great athletes come to Florida, come out of Florida. And so, uh, I mean, being down here, that's only great for us. Because we get to see more high-quality uh, athletes come out of here. It's going to be great for competition, that's for sure, too. And it, it levels the playing field for a lot of places. If this, if this moves on to other states, and it likely will, and the NCAA has to put it uh, uh, nationwide, it levels the playing field for places that normally wouldn't have been able to compete against the Bama and that stuff. I mean, can you imagine uh, a kid playing at at Syracuse? You're in New York. You're near New York City. I mean, instead of being in the and bum f nowhere, uh, Tuscaloosa. You know, why not? Well, t- Tusca- Tuscaloosa. I'm gonna and- say bum f nowhere because it is. It's Alabama. <laughs> well, the problem is. Alabama, the fact that they're constantly in contention for a championship is in of itself a recruitment tool. It is a recruitment tool, but but like let's, I could see take... somebody seeing stars in their eyes, and there are there's a lot more money in New York City than there is in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. But the other thing, though, like it, or it also Northwestern helps. Chicago. Or Los Angeles, UCLA, USC. I mean, heck, they're already paying people in USC. <laughs> Reggie Bush might actually come back sometime soon, so they might just get in on it. But already. like, but like, it also helps the so-called Group of Five schools. That's the American Athletic Conference, Conference USA, MAC, Sun Belt, and Mountain West. Those are the the quote-unquote lesser schools, the non-autonomous, blah, 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 blah. It helps those schools because, you know, as it stands, if you, all things being equal, 
if you have a choice between a power five school and a group of five school, you're going to go to the group of five school because you actually have a semi-realistic chance of going to a big bowl game, uh, possibly even the college football playoff. Because it is, I won't say literally, because technically speaking, according to legal documents, the group of five schools do have a possibility of getting into the college football playoff. But that's like saying I could technically become the king of England. It ain't, it ain't, it ain't happening, not in a million years. UCF went undefeated for two straight years, including a bowl win, a Peach Bowl win over Auburn that beat Georgia and Alabama, who ended up playing in the national championship game. Beat them, won 25 straight games, and we still weren't anywhere close to the top four. So no, it ain't happening. Anyway, my rant aside, all things being equal, you're going to choose the Power 5 team because they have better facilities. Like I said, they have a better chance of getting to major bowl games. They have you know, better TV coverage. But if you have an option between, let's say, freaking Vanderbilt, who is... My, my mod friend is going to kill me, sorry. Um, who is not that good. They're consistently not that good right now. They have a nice baseball team. <laughs> they do have a fantastic baseball team. But when it comes to football, not so much. So if you have a choice between Vanderbilt, which is a Power 5 school, and they have pretty good facilities, versus, let's say, UCF, where you could get paid, that shifts a little more in the favor of UCF. And let's even go, quote-unquote, lower because UCF has the is kind of the hot thing right now because of that the success in the last three seasons. Let's say FIU, which is up and coming, but isn't necessarily you know on the same level of notoriety as even FAU, who has had a lot more success. They had Lane Kiffin for a couple of years. They've, they've won conference championships. They're definitely the better of FIU and FAU right now. But if you have a possibility of getting paid in a big market like Miami is, you know that's going to shift a little more weight toward FIU. So it's definitely, as much as it's going to help the Power 5 schools in Florida, it's also going to help the group of 5 schools. It's going to give them an extra chip, if you will. Uh, it's going to add a little more weight to the scales, if you will. Now, but what this really does, it is, it's escalating the NCAA to act now. Mm. Because the, the, the timer started, like, what, a week ago, when DeSantis signed the NIL law. You guys got a little over a year, or a little less than a year, because it, it he takes effect July 1st. So, okay, so a little over a year. You have a little over a year to try and come up with, to either come up with something that will appease the 50 states' legislatures, or 
to go to run around them and get the federal Congress to come up with a national law, because the last thing the NCAA wants is to have a patchwork system, which will inherently create give some schools, some states, that bonus, that extra incentive advantage. Hmm. So, so, you know, the NCAA said, "Oh, we're we're working on it. We have these plans," and they actually did end up coming with coming up with something, but it's nothing compared to what Florida came up with. So, Florida set the bar. It's the NCAA's turn to try and come up with something. So we'll see. Um, the clock the clock is running. Let's see what the NCAA and possibly Congress do. Okay. Any other thoughts about this? Anyone have questions to ask? I mean, here's my thing. Is this good just to be a college football student? Or well, We're presumably going college football, but not only just for the benefit of the money that you get for likeness and image, but also knowing that maybe in the near future you're going to get some video game love with the NCAA games if it comes through. Because remember they talked about that a while back for profiting? I think right. You go for licensing, so like two hands in the bush kind of theory. I don't remember much about our prior conversation towards it, except for the fact that we were happy for a new college football game, but also just for the kids to get their money because the NCAA has always profited off of them when they shouldn't have, right. unjustifiably. Well, that's going to be a little bit trickier. Because while the players will be able to profit off their likeness, you have to find a way to... Well, let me see. Uh, 130 times... Let's see. I, I'm just doing rough math here. Um, it's, it's a little more flexible than this because college football rosters... There's an upper limit, but not all teams match and meet that. So there are 100 teams just in the FBS uh, times 100 players each, roughly. So that's 13,000 individual players that you have to get to sign off to use their likeness and to pay. That is very tough to accomplish. Um, so what's going to need to happen is there's going to have to be some sort of a central organization, central agency, what have you, that will essentially be the middleman. You know, the player, almost like a, a union, believe it or not. You know, the MLB Players Association, or NFLPA, NBPA, um, NHLPA, the players sign an agreement with this, and I'm not saying this is necessarily a union, but it's in this regard, at least, it'll function like a union. So the players, if they want their, their likeness to be used in a game, they would have to sign up with this. Okay. Did, did Andrew drop out on you? Or am I the only one? Uh, I think I can't. Okay, we can't hear you again, dude. If you're there. So Andrew might have to 
pop in or pop out. I always mix it up. Pop out, then pop back in. There you go. Uh, so yeah, okay, well, it'll be interesting, that's for sure. Oh, I'm getting a message from, yeah, okay, yeah. So, oh, are you back, dude? Can you hear me? Yes. All right, I screw my computer, I'm just going to the phone. <laughs> okay. So, what was the last thing you heard me say? Um, it's going to be working like a union, and then you kind of went on the whole diatribe. Right. Um, I apologize for diatribe. Diatribe's good. <laughs> so, yeah, it would. this organization would negotiate on behalf of those 13,000 players. And... Uh, you know, collect the money for them. It would they would serve almost like a middleman because, like I may have mentioned, uh, not sure if you heard me. You know, the the pro league players associations, uh, these video game companies don't go out and negotiate with the you know twenty five hundred or the thousands of players on each team. They just negotiate with the MLBPA, and they have the implicit. Uh, or explicit, I guess. They have the explicit uh, right to come up with a deal for the players, and then they would go ahead and pay the players for their likeness. So it's not just going to be, yay, NCAA football is going to be coming back next year because this happened. It's going to be a lot longer than that. Um not to mention that, well, it'll be easier to negotiate with the individual schools just to get the the likeness of their stadium, the imagery, things like that. Um, that's easier. I mean, they've done it recently. They've negotiated with individual schools to use, you know, University of Oregon's likeness, whatever, and in Madden 20, for example. Um, and not to mention... Uh, from the the game side of things to have to recreate the last NCAA game came out in 2013 um, on the X on the Xbox 360 PS3. So we're going into PS5 territory. Uh, we're we're getting to be two consoles old. So they're going to have to completely start from scratch to create all these stadiums. So it's it's not going to be an overnight thing, but this hmm. definitely EA actually opened... trying to make a good game. That would be ha! I know what a concept. I don't oh think it'll God. ever happen. Although, I mean, I don't know. I mean, hopefully they don't pull the same crap that they're doing right now with Madden. I don't trust them as far as I can throw them to do that. Um, but the the thing is. People have been clamoring for NCAA for so long, and it's such a beloved series that I feel like there would be a stronger uh, negative reaction. I I would it, hope that 2K would like try to undercut and be like, "We're back, NCAA two uh, 2K whatever 2K 21 or 22 or whatever the cup pops out." I mean, they they definitely could. Um, you know, I assume that. EA's exclusive license with the NCAA ran out. Um, so, like you said, maybe 2K will try to undercut. Um, yeah. And, you know, 
I don't want to say hopefully they don't create an exclusivity deal because I mean that they're just nobody, right? Not to mention that they're doing the same crap as EA with all this microtransactions and stuff. Not necessarily to the same extent, um, but it's at there. least they're but at least their quality is better. They actually seem to give a damn about making a good game instead of just rehashing the same old crap each year. Um, so, and not to mention, people have been clamoring for a 2K football, a 2K football game at, in any capacity since 2004 when EA took, did that exclusivity deal, which is still running until 2026. So... You know, the, if they have that, then man, people will flock because a it's two K, and then b it's a two K football, and c it's a college football game. So we'll see. But if I had to make a projection, I'd say probably five six years out before hmm. uh, before another NCAA game comes out, if it even happens, because you know. This whole thing has got to be settled. Is there going to be one national NIL law? Are there going to be 50 individual NIL laws? Uh, will the NCAA even still exist in five years? Because, you know, they've prided themselves on an amateurism model. And now that that's gone, you know, and there, there's nothing stopping teams from not being in the NCAA. It's just convenient because they have the most schools and most resources but there's nothing stopping the schools from saying eh, screw you NCAA we're going to strike it out on our own so it's I mean this is a start toward getting back to college sports with uh, college video games uh, mm-hmm. but it's 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 nowhere near done okay all right that's just no. my question yeah <laughs> and it's, it was a good question of Nice it was a very good question. Okay, I got to find out what this Fogs game is about. I really do. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to take a nice uh, detour here. So join me, guys, as we find out what this video game is about because there are dogs on the screen and I got to figure it out. All well, right. What First, tell us what console is available for. Is it just Steam or do we're, they less console? Let's see, playfogs.com, a double-ended doggo puzzle adventure game. Doesn't that oh sound God. fun, guys? I mean, why not? PS5 is going to have a game where it you play. It reminds me of Cat Dog, oh, except yeah. it's two dogs. Hmm. Oh, Switch, Xbox, PS4, and Steam. And I guess it hasn't released yet, and I guess they just released their demo. Well. So I'm going to have to try that out. I don't know if the demo's on the Switch. Did you ever try that last non-sponsor that we had? The one that looked like the Paper Mario uh, knockoff? I have it on my wish list on my Switch. Okay. So they they don't have a demo, but this one does, and I'm probably going to have to try it. I mean, th- this looks just adorable. There are two dogs connected to each other. It's like Look at cat this. dog except dog dog. Yes, exactly. Conjoined doggies. There are three friends in Dundee and Bristol in the UK. We love working on adorable, fun games that make people laugh and smile. Look at Aww. that. Three friends just like us. Just trying to make people laugh and smile, except for Rob Manford, who can go fuck himself. Uh, 
So, there we go, guys. Alright, well, I will go on Steam and look for that demo, and I will report back to you guys on that on our Facebook chat. Don't you guys like games that make you kind of feel good a little bit on the inside? I mean, this already I'm... makes me feel good just looking at the artwork for the dogs. Yeah. Consider the fact that I'll be playing Last of Us 2 that comes out Friday, which is just a 30-hour revenge tour of me presumably going against Ellie's, the main character's, rapists or abusers. So it'll be nice to have something that's going to make me like feel human again. As Ellie, opposed to... L- a.k.a. Ellen Page, because yeah. it looks exactly like her, even though it's not supposed to be her. But it looks so exactly much. like her. But <laughs> I, side note onto it, since we're talking about games, so i got to address it. Man, can AAA games not be 30 hours? I mean, I'm ready. I'm going to invest the time into it. I'm not going to sleep, but y'all, y'all guys are kill me. And it's one of those sequels, like, I had to replay the first one because it's been seven years, so now we're jumping into this. So maybe, like, after all this bleakness, I need a little fogs in my life. Definitely not land before time because I do not want to cry. Um, <laughs> my God, guys, don't get off traffic, but is Littlefoot going to find his mom? like the most heartbreaking thing you've ever seen in your life. Uh, it is worse. I'll say it right now. It is worse than the first five minutes of Up where Carl and I guess what's his Ellie as well. Look at that. Uh, everything comes together. Charles makes it work full circle somehow. <laughs> you, you know, when Carly's, uh, Carl's with his wife in the hospital. But I, I got to tell you, that before time, I, I'll just I'll cry right now. This is why I feel like if I ever have children, I refuse to have them watch the things I grew up with just because I don't want to relive that trauma. Okay. All right. So, last 10 minutes, let's head on over to the cage. Ooh. Ooh. Yes, yes indeed. All right. Let me put this on pause. Uh, Fox in the background of my end. Welcome, everybody, to your weekly Trueplex, The Cage with Charles. Disclaimer, wrestling is not fake. It is scripted. It is a dance. It is a ballet, contrary to what other professional wrestlers deem it. It's my show. You don't like it. Deal with it. We don't care what you feel. It's a story about men and women chasing championships, titles, blood feuds, just want to beat the ever-living piss out of each other. And we have a current blood feud with Vince McMahon who keeps copyright striking our stuff. It's coming. So, you know, what a fun little detour that comes into it. Um... Gentlemen, I, I think that was the typical disclaimer that we say on top of 20 things, but I'll be brief because we got some things to kind of talk about. And before we get into WWE and our fight with Vince, our, you know, the fight that I've been having for 20 years, I really feel like it's just uh, I'm Gandalf trying to find a way to story Saruman knowing that he's going to come back all the time for my Lord of the Rings fans out there or to even you know, bring it down. I feel like the MLB player is trying to go against Rob Manfred, an impossible task, right? Um, but on the side notes, before we get into WWE terms, wrestling's kind of opened up a little bit. New Japan, you know, you guys know my stance on it. if you want real wrestling, like good wrestling, watch some New Japan. Um, they started, you know, their shows back up again on the New Japan uh, app. I believe they had the special project results come in there. I mean, granted, this isn't really going to propel much stories, so I'll keep it brief with them, but it's kind of good that we have diversity up in here because up until then it was really WWE and AEW, and they were kind of like, well, take it or leave it. Impact was trying to do some tapings, but Impact, this is my problem with Impact. I really don't care. You know, the rumor is that a lot of the recently released WWE talent is going to go over there good for them, wish them a lot of endeavors, but Impact's kind of like soured it on it for me, especially since they've been, I would say, one of the biggest sufferers 
of the whole CV situation because their their Impact champion, their main champion was Tessa Blanchard, and she's been stuck in Mexico, I believe, from what the the details say. Uh, because of the CV and she's trying to be safe. So imagine going all this time without your main champion. It was supposed to be monumental because she was, I, I would venture, you know, the first female to win a main championship on a, I won't call them a major brand anymore, but a, a semi-major, a, a B-world um, or mid-world kind of wrestling um, situation, so or wrestling entertainment-wise. So you kind of lose some steam. I know they were trying to put some stuff with Jay Lethal, bringing back the old TNA title, but if you don't have much love for TNA, like I didn't really care about it when it was TNA, it's been redubbed as Impact, um, you might lose a vent into it. Well, they announced, I guess this is what we're going to talk about Impact, because, you know, hell freezes over every now and then, and a broken clock is twice, right? Uh, is correct twice a day. Uh, let's talk about Impact. They're going to have her in a fatal five-way match where she's going to be defending her championship against a few couple people. Michael Elgin's in it. He's a big old son of a gun. Um, and I was lying. Forgive me. I know I said Jay Lethal. I'm not meaning Jay Lethal. I mean Moose. Moose is coming around with the old TNA championship. I'm just thinking of Jay Lethal because I'm checking the status of Ring of Honor and what's going on with them because they've been a big sufferer from the CV. So correction, Moose, if you're out there, I'm sorry, but life goes on. You'll be okay. Um, so they have a few guys coming in there. I think Eddie Edwards is in there as well. They're trying to get back in the swing of things. New Japan's trying to get back in the swing of things. I hope they can kind of push their momentum in because to be gone without wrestling for three months maybe gives you some ideas of what kind of stories you want to tell. I know we touched upon the idea that they're going to have a lot of their talent out there wrestling. Ring of Honor still kind of quiet. Uh, NWA still kind of quiet. Remember NWA is the finance of Billy Corgan from the Smashing Pumpkins, who actually used to also run Impact as well before he got pushed out and sued out. Um, so those smaller businesses are really trying to bring themselves out there. AEW World, man, I'm so disinterested right now. I don't know why. I think it's part of it is that the talent's not necessarily there. Remember what they're doing is Fighter Fest is coming soon, so it's going to be like a two-week segment. So I'm interested in what we're doing with the tag team division because that's really their bread and butter. They had FTR, formerly known as the Revival in the WWE, switching over there. There's some laying of seeds of them versus the Young Bucks, but also against Hangman Page and Kenny Omega. Um, I cannot get into Brian Cage and... Uh, John Moxley for the life of me, gentlemen. There's going to be a title match in there, and I think it's because Brian Cage, and I know if he hears me, he'll just murder me. He has, like, the dumbest sideburns I've ever seen to mankind. Like, if you bring it up, it's kind of like a guy who... Wait, uh, what's his name? Brian Cage. I don't know. It's the same equivalent with, like, Cody and his neck tattoo. Cody, we love you. Please follow us on Twitter, Sports Goose, FJOJR. Dan Frijoles, Charles Latrue. And look, Brian Cage, is, he looks the part of a professional wrestler, B-R-I-A-N, okay. I believe. Oh, okay, no wonder. I'm, I'm not kidding. Okay. You know, he, he, you know he, he looks the part. He's that big, meaty, muscular guy. He has some talent towards him. Um, you got rumor in AEW, I don't want to call it, you know, the internet wrestling community, gentlemen, is the most toxic thing out there. And what they say is AEW has a lot of midget wrestlers out there because they're just, you know, smaller dudes in size. So you have somebody like Brian Cage, the machine, um, going into it, so he has that kind of a build to it. The same thing with Brody Lee um, and a few other ones. I really, I'm hoping they find like a good kind of uh, oh, photo. What is that? I, I well, that's kind of like a blurred graphic, but really, it's kind of like a. Um, I, I need a better. I need a closer there, look at the face. 
There you go. I mean, mind you, I wouldn't start none. If Brian Cage and I are walking on the same street, oh, we do not walk on that street. It's the same equivalent <laughs> of how I feel about Brock Lesnar. It's the same equivalent of how I feel. I feel like I'd be okay with Braun Strowman. He might not hit me, but I would get a little scared. Same equivalent with Bobby Lashley, even though his his head's a little bit too small for his body. Yeah, he does look like Bane. Man, that messed with me now. I can't get that out of my head. Um, but regardless... I just can't get into it. I think it's partially because you got to remember, a lot of the people aren't familiar with people's backgrounds. I am. Brian Cage used to be the Impact World Championship. He lost it to Sammy Callan, who in turn lost to Tessa Blanchard. See how it all comes back together? But if you're reintroducing a new character or you're trying to create him as your own character, you just can't have him come in, win a ladder match, have Taz, who is just wrestling royalty, really from his ECW, WWF, uh, Impact days, going in there saying, this is the machine and he's bad. you got to put guys over. you got to have them uh, win matches against credible people, not do squash matches. Yeah, he could beat up John Moxley all he wants, but the thing about John Moxley is this, is that, well, his whole thing is about getting to rough and tumbles and fighting dudes, so he enjoys the pain. He's a sicko. So... Part of it's the limited talent. Part of it's because he's something different. If we're going to create the story that Moxley um, is going against circumstances he hasn't foreseen, I think there might be a better story because dudes beat dudes' asses all the time. This is wrestling. Now, if I booked it just for the heat and to may really make sure this guy's an animal, I would honestly have him win. Why not? You have these long-winded pay-per-views. Who else do you have there? I think we're eventually going to get Kenny Omega versus John Moxley for the AEW Championship, and that's where the titles change at. But if you want to throw a swerve, if you want to give credibility to a guy who came in, won a ladder match to get a guaranteed title shot against all the other competitors, have him kind of like do as he says he's going to do, right? Um, that's just my mentality with it going on with AEW. Cody's still defending the TNT Championship. Um, hate that title look. Okay with the name, it grew on me a little bit because you think TNT and you think the ACDC song, you say it's Dynamite, TNT, yeah, I'll pick a fight. I can't get it out of my head now. Um, their women's championships kind of limited. Chris Stratlander, who was supposed to be a push in that division, got injured. I think she has a torn MCL. Britt Baker has a torn ACL, MCL. She's not going to be back until their next pay-per-view. Uh, they're really lacking. It's kind of hurting, and because of the CV situation, they can't even get like that independent talent to come in there and try to sign them. Um, it's not that AEW is bad. It's not. But if I have to choose between them and NXT, I know where I'm going to kind of go with because NXT is kind of pushing – segueing to our WWE segments. Um, NXT is kind of pushing into the new regime. There's going to be some guys who are getting caught up. Matt Riddle's going to SmackDown. There's rumors of Dominic Dijakovic going to Raw. Uh, Yoshirai took the title from Charlotte Fleur. Thank you, Christ. Um, and then you know, pretty soon Adam, Ru uh, Adam Rose – Adam Cole – Bebe is going to get called up whether he goes solo with the undefeated or undefeated, undisputed it feels like they're undefeated, undisputed is to be seen but Killer Cross, aka now carrying Cross with Scarlet Bodo are seeming to be lined the next challengers and I think I talked about last time a show my impressions at TakeOver but carrying Cross is kind of the guy you go with it you give him that Omega level push even though some people might not love his ring work, you need a dominator man and I feel like Cole's thing's gotten stale. Since we're on the top of NXT and I see in the background, let's talk about what's happening this week. A lot of tag titles get defended. Breezango's going to defend or get a title shot against Imperium. 
uh, Fabio Eichner and then Marcel Battelle. I think that could actually be a surprisingly good match. Yeah, we don't we don't cross Karrion Cross on the streets, you guys. We avoid him. I think he might eat my children. <laughs> I remember Johnson that last Barton. week. That's for sure. And, yeah. and, and we and we don't because that's the thing. Sometimes the image of a brutalizer, uh, the demonic look it, to him. That they oh yeah, it's it's the eyes. Him, yeah. he does it very well. The best guy to me is Brody Lee, aka the former Luke Harper. It was just, it, it's just good because it buys into it. If you're supposed to be a destructive force of nature, then that's the representation you want. Looking like a skinhead doesn't help, uh, doesn't hurt either, right? <laughs> because if he had a beautiful, gorgeous mane with those crazy eyes, I think he would just be doing coke in the back room of Flanagan's, but that's not what we're here for. Um, lost my train of thought. The Women's Tag Team Championships are going to be defended. Shotzi Blackheart versus Tegan Knox against uh, Bailey and um, Sasha Banks. That might be next week. I'm not sure. But NXT's been doing good. It's doing kind of like a pseudo-relaunch. Um, you got to figure out what you want to do story-wise because uh, it's time for some guys to get caught up. Whether it's all the Undisputed Era, they got to go. You already put up Matt Riddle. I love me some Finn Balor, what he's doing in NXT, but the guy is a main roster talent. Hopefully when they call it, Vince doesn't screw it up like he always does. Um, they need to kind of solidify their women's division a little bit. It's kind of lacking. Keith Lee needs a good challenger. I know Finn Balor says he's going to be challenging Keith Lee, but let's be real here. Let's not have Keith Lee drop his North American Championship unless we know what can propel him to be the next NXT champion, or at least giving me Keith Lee versus Karrion Cross. That'd be kind of sexy. I can get, I can dig it because it's two guys with power going against each other, and we haven't had that in the main event scene for a while because it's been a lot of great, fantastic technical wrestling. Because that's what Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa bring to the table. But wrestling, as you know is a variety because it's a dance in a sense. So some people tango, some people waltz, and some people just break down like Charles three drinks into a wedding. We just boogie. Um, main roster stuff. Backlash pay-per-view on Sunday. It was very meh. I actually didn't see all the matches because there's always that one pay-per-view or that two pay-per-views in the year that you're just kind of like, eh, I'll watch it when I want to watch it, but the biggest highlight, and this has something to do with Raw, and this is for Andrew's interest, is it was Edge versus Randy Orton in the greatest wrestling match ever. Uh, we know it was going to be a little bit too grand. We know it was going to be a little bit too um, illusory to say it's going to be the best wrestling match, especially since you have Dave Meltzer giving Omega and Kasuke Okada like seven stars when the rating scale was originally five. You can't break the scale. This is what I don't understand. Wrestling is so subjective that even on the rewatches, it might change, right? But that was the dub, and sometimes it might be too big to fail, but it wasn't. But what I heard, it was a delivered. Um, Edge lost. I'm sorry, Andrew. And unfortunately, he tore his triceps. Real life tore his triceps. Ooh. So he's going to be out eight to nine months. But if I booked it... Now, Vince McMahon has been absolutely terrible in long-term storytelling. <laughs> But what we know is that they're one and one, right? Edge won his WrestleMania match. Randy won the Backlash match. Edge got hurt. Randy is on a roll. I have never been more invested in my life in Randall Orton than now. Not when he was a legend killer. Not when he was rated RKO. Not when he was coming back in Evolution. Not when he was just doing some nonsense. Now. Because he's just like so good on the mic. He's so engaged. Vince, if you hear me now, and you could steal this idea because this means I'm right and I'm getting verification here. Have Randy at some point win the WWE Championship. Have him hold it for a long time. And if you go eight to nine months from now, possibly, what's that? WrestleMania? 
a rematch for the title? Oh, it's long-term storytelling, rivaling of Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker Part 2 on a retirement versus streak. It's long-term storytelling of Triple H versus The Undertaker. It's just good long-term storytelling that I need this to happen. Other matches that kind of came into fruition, Apollo Crews defended against Andrade and won. The women's tag match, Bailey and Sasha Payne, Jeff Hardy versus Sheamus, eh, don't care about it. Nia Jax versus Asuka, eh, they ended with count out, but then they had a rematch on Raw. What the hell, Vince? All right, Braun Strowman versus Miz Morrison, the handicap match. Souring the seeds a little bit of a Miz Morrison breakup. I'm kind of not against it, but I kind of think we should keep it out. No good. And then Drew McIntyre versus Bobby Lashley, WWE Championship. That feud's not done yet. The craziest thing that happened, I would venture in backlash, was the Street Profits versus the Viking Raiders was supposed to happen, and then all of a sudden Akira Tozawa comes out of nowhere with, like, ninjas, and he's Japanese, so I don't know if I feel offensive or not about this, when you bring in with this whole, like, hooded guys kind of look like ninjas, but the guy's so charismatic. Everybody's wearing masks now, so, I mean, I don't exactly. know. Uh, coming in as a charismatic guy, you always want to put your best kind of energies on your TV screen, so I wouldn't be against, like, this triad stable or Yakuza stable or whatever kind of stable that you're doing. As you saw, Randy just punted Edge, terrible human being. Um, the reason why the punt kind of matters a little bit is that that used to be Randy's actual finisher, aside from the RKO, is like his secondary finisher. So that was actually banned because some dudes would get clocked in the head. So it's a perfect story to tell about putting Edge on the shelf, him having neck injuries, and now we're bringing out the punt. Mm. And it bled over to Monday Night Raw because Edge used to be with who, Andrew? Edge and Christian when they came in as the Brute. So Christian has been retired for six years. He, ha he suffered a legitimate concussion six years ago in a fatal full way for the IC belt or for number one contendership. He never had his dues. So Randy comes in and it's like, hey, because Christian showed up, whatever, defending Edge's honor. Randy's like, I know you won't get back in that ring, man. You're just an addict. You're just the same way of edges. Go back to the ring. So they have what is dubbed an unsanctioned match, meaning you're not under any suit of liability coming into it. And it's like 10.55, and the show's over at 11, so you know something squirrely is going to happen. Either, like, Randy's going to attack him before the match happens, or it's going for Extreme Rules, which is the next pay-per-view in July. But then Ric Flair, old nature, who looks like he's knocking on death's door, um, is in there saying, hey, actually, you don't have to do this. And then he low-blows Christian... And then the bell rings, and then Randy punts Christian in the head, incapacitating him terribly. Um, and also, when you saw Edge do that finisher, like that unprettier, that's actually Christian's uh, finisher. So it's a good callback because Randy and Christian mm -hmm. here for the World Heavyweight Championship. It, it's it's a beautiful, it, like it's a symphony, really. It's all, yeah, they call the callbacks are they were tasteful. It's it's beyond tasteful. It's literally watching Fantasia, where you're getting beautiful art that is dealing with Mickey having powers and beautiful classical music. Um, so Christian's like dead, basically, on this punt on Raw, and Randy's just talking to him, saying, "I'm sorry, I didn't want to do this. I apologize." And I don't know who their next feud is or who they're gonna have be in the placement because you got to keep Randy's momentum hot. But that Vince McMahon, you know, phrase exactly what I feel. I think what you got to do is you got to get Team Canada to help support Edge and Christian here, and you got popping Kevin Owens because he loved Edge, he grew up watching Edge and Christian, you gotta do it. But guys, like, it is masterful storytelling. Randy Orton and to a degree Edge have been the guys carrying the WWE and my interest since February. Since January, really, with the Royal Rumble, and we're six months into it. All the other stuff, eh, other thing I'll talk about, 
AJ Styles is now your Intercontinental Champion. He beat Daniel Bryan in a fantastic match. Um, damn, it was good to be a gangster. Uh, AJ kind of needs this because he's only got about three years left in the contract before he says he formally retires. I'm very interested to see what they're doing because they're not doing well on SmackDown, elevating the Universal Championship. And the biggest news, even though I don't know why they announced it, but they announced it, guess who's back on SmackDown? That's right, it's your friend and my favorite guy, Bray Wyatt, and his Firefly Funhouse. He's been gone since his Money in the Bank match against Braun Strowman. Summer Slam it soon, gentlemen. Are we gonna get uh, are we gonna get Fiend Strowman? Are we gonna get that continuation? I'm a big fan of long term storytelling, and that's all I got for you this week on the cage. Okay, I liked it. I liked it a lot. And yeah, there's the confirmation there. All right. Well, uh, let's see. Uh, do we have any goons for this week? Uh, Other than I have Rob so Manfred? many goons. Rob Manfred, I think we can leave it at him because there's nobody bigger goon than him, right? For me, at least. Uh, well, well, I can, th I can think of two. Um, yes. That as as much as I despise what Manfred is doing, um, I'm trying to find the name of one of the guys. Um, well, one of them is Mike Gundy, who is the head co head football coach at Oklahoma State. Um, I won't get too much into politics, although we kind of screwed that the other day when we talked about the the protests. Uh, but he wore an OAN shirt. Do you guys know what that is? Is that the uh, far right channel? extremely far right uh, yes. channel uh -huh. and um, it it set off a huge firestorm that led to their top player and Heisman candidate uh, saying I'm not I'm gonna have nothing to do with Oklahoma State until something changes so he got together the player with Gundy and I guess they came to some kind of uh, an accord, agreement, or whatever, um, to you know, do something. Uh, but that's just so tone deaf. I don't. Even if that is your beliefs, you know, this is the wrong time to be wearing that, especially when you're the head coach of many, many young black men. That's that's not that ain't it, chief. Or whatever, and then my other goon is Ray C uh, Cicerelli or Cicarelli, who was a NASCAR Truck Series driver who said, you know, I'm going to be quitting the the series after this season because they're getting they're banning the Confederate flag. Good riddance, dude. You're well. First off, get out of here with that crap, and second off, you know, you're no big loss. You're you're constantly running in the 30s, finishing in the 30s. Like, who the hell are you? You know, it's one thing if you're making a stand and you're a high-profile person, which in this case I really just wouldn't care, um, even if it was like Jimmy Johnson or whatever. Um, but you're like nobody, dude. What the hell? <laughs> who cares? Uh, so those are my two goons for the week. Uh, I have our, the namesake of our segment, Doug Gottlieb. 
Ooh, what do you do this time? Oh. Well, I mean, in terms of... Uh, Just existing. Uh, That's what Francisco's acknowledging. Okay. I mean, there's just... Uh, he, he... On this thing with uh, the Oklahoma State guy, um, that was one thing. Uh... He he's just he yeah just existing in general, uh, saying how as far as the baseball players, uh, saying that they sacrificed and he goes well Pat Tillman made a sacrifice. I'm oh, like what God. does that have? I hate man. It's called uh, It's unfortunate that man died, because people have been using it as a calling card for any excuse about uh, making uh, a point against athletes not doing anything and everything for any sport or anything. You know, I honestly, I think that's disrespectful more than anything to Tillman. I, I mean, because he's by friendly he, fire. So, in any case, um, he, he gave just, his life. I mean, it's unfortunate it was friendly fire, but he put himself in that position so that we could be free well, to it, do what we want. It's 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 just the fact that people always try and use him. Like they use him. They use his death. It is so disrespectful to keep putting him as uh, 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 basically placing him up uh, in front of their in front of everybody. It's like Pat Tillman. He might as well. I mean, oh, man, I was gonna go really graphic with it, but I, I I am avoiding it. I will not stoop down to Doug Gottlieb's level. I shall not. All right. I'm gonna. I already downloaded Fogs as we did this. I'm ready to play that demo. So I will I will avoid getting any more angry. So Doug Gottlieb, <laughs> welcome back, dude. We didn't miss you. All right, so that's that's it for me, for good. Anybody else? I'm good. Okay, real MVP, Andrew, lead the charge for us uh, for last time, uh, for a while. So as always, my real MVP goes out to the people on the front lines who are risking their lives every day to keep society running. Um, again, I'm, I, could, I could go on for an hour to, listing everyone who is a part of this group, uh, medical professionals, restaurant employees, postal workers, uh, delivery people, uh, first responders, police, you have it. Uh, you are doing an incredible service for us and putting your lives at risk for us, and it is much appreciated. Uh, also, my real MVP... Uh, who cares? My real MVP goes out to the people that are making a difference and trying to bring some equality and justice to society and putting themselves at risk to do so. Um, you are also very much appreciated by me. I'll, I have one. Uh, that's outside of uh, what you mentioned. Actually, it's within it, too. Uh, I can't believe I'm going to do this. Kyrie Irving. <laughs> <laughs> Conflicting, Although, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, the man thinks the Earth is flat, but... <laughs> Yeah, some kids believe in Santa Claus when they're 12, right? Uh, mm. But uh, 
the fact that he said that he uh, he'd be willing to set out along with like Dwight Howard and a few other NBA players set out for the I mean that's pretty huge if they do that. Although in my opinion, I feel like using their platform as uh, LeBron James and a few other guys likely have uh, in their in their past, I think it's better to have eyeballs on them. But it would also be a huge statement to be like, well, uh, we will have eyeballs on us, all right, but it won't be on a basketball court. That'd be also huge if that did went if that did go down. So we'll see what happens. I mean, and uh, but if they're willing to do that just for this cause, it would be huge. It would be huge, and uh, the fact that he even said it uh, is. It's pretty, uh, pretty gutsy. So, Kyrie Irving. As much as I'm surprised, man, 2020 has been a year, hasn't it? <laughs> oh man, that's it for me. That's it for me. Okay. Um, I, I guess I kind of have one, and it's weird, and I'll keep it super brief because I, I haven't really fully read the determinations of it. But, good job. U.S. Supreme Court for not getting it wrong about the whole tra- trans rights and saying, hey, you can't file employers because of what you identify as. And I'll be the first person to tell you very candidly, I'm not very, you know, I- I'm knowledgeable, especially of what I do for a living, but, you know, I, I haven't had the um, the wherewithal to fully indoctrinate myself on uh, what the issues are. I just know that there's been issues. I have friends who are in the trans community and essentially they had land, landmark decisions basically protecting people saying, hey, you can't, employers can't fire them because of what your affiliation is and I, I assume your sexuality. I know that's a very blanketed statement coming into it. There's more into it. Investigate, research it. I hate speaking about the law when it's off hours. But in today's timing and the way that the courts can be, there's always that concern about what is actually you know, what is actually a right that you have and a right that we just give you because of our political leanings or we might prohibit you from having. Um, I won't go into detail about dissensions. I won't go into detail about concurrences. All I'll say is, like, thanks for not effing it up because yeah, sometimes you do and sometimes you don't. And I think in they this They did blow a three games to one lead. <laughs> they did not blow a three games to one lead. And I think that um, I think that's a kind of, like, if there's a positivity to what's going on in the actual society today when we're talking about lives being afflicted by oppression, everything like that. I think this is a good boon, especially if you have certain political leaders who are not willing to sit down at the table and understand people and come with an openness. I mean, you know, it's not as if we're talking about child molesters here, right? Giving them certain things. We're talking about people who are being um, afflicted by employers and having some rights infringed because of who they choose to identify as. I will keep that there. So thanks, Supreme Court, for not effing up. I guess you're kind of like an MVP when it comes to civil rights. Sure. Maybe. I'll keep it at that. All right, then. Well, I guess that's it, guys. So last show for quite a while. I, I guess I'll continue our baseball sims because those have been getting eyeballs and views, and and uh, I've been enjoying them myself. Our next one will be the Rockies versus the Cardinals. And Andrew, you take that month and you kill it in Tampa. All right. Orlando. All right. Oh yeah, Orlando. Well, kill it there too. All right. I was gonna <laughs> tell you to burn down the city of Tampa, but you love Orlando, so don't do that. 
I'm uh, no, I will never burn down Orlando. And I, uh, I I appreciate you guys for the support, and I'm sure I'll be leaning on you guys more uh, in coming soon. And Charles, if you're willing to do solo cage segments once a week, I'd be I'd be happy to to fire up the the machine and and produce it for you. I am perfectly fine with that, as always, even if I have to kind of just Twitter it out a little bit and contribute. Get get into that that wrestling Twitter, which you have already said is toxic, like most much of a lot of Twitter. So that's going to be fun. And, uh, well, guys, enjoy your break. Everybody, enjoy uh, your time now. Sports will be coming back soon enough. So just, just hold out for a little longer. Be safe. Uh, be safe and uh, enjoy your summers and I guess that's it I don't have much else to say other than that thank you all and uh, go play Fogs because that actually looks pretty <laughs> fun which I'm going to do pretty much after we're done bye bye Good night, everyone be good Well, now come the problem and I think you want to listen to When it comes to you, what you ought to do is